Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. I had a bit of a mid '90s revival on my Spotify playlist the other day. Oh, what did it do? Oh, not mid '90s, uh, the double zeros. What do you call those? The O's, the noughties. the noughties. I was wondering if it inspired your sock choice today. Oh, the Wu Tang ones. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Stance for the sock plug. I wear bananas. <laughs> Shout out to Ian who gave it to me as a present. I did give you those as a present. Yeah. So what was the song? Uh, let me guess. Hadaway. Mm, what is love? No, that's way too early. But you're never going to guess this. Uh, is it noughties? I think it's noughties. Yeah. Yeah, very early. No, very early 2000s. Pop, is that, is pop that or Ronan Keaton? What? Pop or rap? Well, mix. <laughs> oh, God. It's uh, Jennifer Lopez and Jarul. Yes! Yes! <laughs> oh, my God. How did you get that? Which song? What love? Ain't, no, ain't it funny? Ain't it funny? Oh, my good and God. I've had this in my head. How did you do that? That's phenomenal. I'm in your head, Ian McCord. Was I singing it in the office? Because no. I feel because I've had the earworm no, all week. The, that's the first. You're turning into the same person. That's the we first rap pop scary. collaboration that came to my mind in the in the millenniums. Well, you know I'm a rap fan. Yeah. So you started off with that basis, but maybe we are spending too much time together. Well, but it's ja Rule oh and Jennifer God. Lopez, nice mix. <laughs> but then it led to me listening to a lot of Ja Rule. Mm. Oh, it's too. It's always the same. Uh, I know it's DMX I always mix him up with DMX who's doing oh, this, yeah, this dog shouts DMX doesn't appreciate that yeah Jarul had a comeback with the fire festival he missed oh, it he, he missed it comeback's a strong word <laughs> <laughs> worst comeback in party yeah. history yeah. but yeah. okay he tried it god I'd love to go to fire festival yeah. Yeah. next year next year is it you on can next buy year? a ticket maybe it's not happening but you can buy a ticket buy for 400,000 euros okay should we crack on with the podcast? No. Let's <laughs> no, talk about Fire Festival, right? <laughs> so joining me, Ian McCourt, on today's One Football Podcast is Joanna Bueno. Hi. Matt Froelich. Hey. And Benny Koolhoff. Yabba dabba do. Oh, it's always something. As ever, should you wish to get in touch, podcast at onefootball.com is where you can send your emails. Uh, we do really appreciate them, so keep them coming in. And uh, apologies for our absence last week. Illness got in the way of recording. But hey, it's not like we missed anything big. No. It's not like we missed... Pochettino getting sacked, Mourinho being appointed manager as Hotham. Not a surprise to me as a non-Premier League expert. It was completely <laughs> expected. <laughs> Matt, you're a Spurs fan. Yeah. Uh, you've had a week or two to think about it all. Just free flow with your feelings, Matt. Just you know, <laughs> as if um, it's like uh, what's that po- free-form poetry sort of thing. I feel like we need to go back to a time before Pochettino was sacked and you were asking me about how I felt and I would have I wouldn't have picked anyone in the world. I would have been like, stick with Pochettino, I don't want anyone else. And then as soon as he got sacked and Mourinho came in, I was like, Oh actually <laughs> yes. you know, it kinda of makes sense. More expertise on the one football podcast. When when we were talking about Mourinho being brought in, I thought, Ugh, you know, you think back to United last year and all the meltdown, blah blah blah. And then as I thought about it for a few days afterwards, and as I spoke about a million times on the channel too, if you had to sort of design a next manager to take Spurs to the next level, to take them to trophies, someone experienced, a Premier League experience has got real authority and ambition. And you looked at all the CVs of people available, Mourinho would fit the bill. I'm not saying it's like the perfect appointment, but it's a real statement from the club. Considering the Spurs managers I've seen in my lifetime and the names that we were linked with when Pochettino came in. We brought Pochettino in from Southampton, right? No disrespect to Southampton. Um, 
it was Tim Sherwood before that, a former player who's absolutely useless. We've been linked with Eddie Howe and Sean Dyche at the time. And so now five years later, to be able to go ahead and snap up Mourinho is like a massive step. That is a huge step. And I think the best thing about it for me is that it shows ambitions from the owner because any other manager wouldn't have been able to stamp so much authority in the dressing room, especially with big players who know they can go for big money, get more money, go to big clubs. Mm. And like, I think it's the best thing it's done is made other players kind of stick around. This is something I actually want to get onto later, but we might as well do it now, mm. now that you mention it. Is it going to have an effect on players like Ericsson, whose contract is up and obviously lots of links with Juventus and yeah. a couple of other places? Well, you think that can change anything now that Mourinho's in? I mean, I hope not, because I want Ericsson to leave. But I wouldn't. it wouldn't like surprise me if that happened, as I said, because he's a winner. If you'd have replaced Pochettino with someone else who was um, like a kind of developmental manager, right? Someone said, oh, I know you're good at football, but I could take you to the next level. Screw that. Right, everyone's mid twenties. Everyone's getting into their prime. No one wants to develop anymore. No one wants to get better. And in three years, say, "Oh, but we got better." People want to win now, which is why Mourinho is such a good choice, and why players are going to want to stay. Kane doesn't want to be, you know, cuddled and have another Pochettino-style guy like you know Santo from Wolves, or even to some extent, you know, Nagelsmann, who I think is amazing. Uh, you know, a Leipzig again. It's not like a proven winner. You want someone to come in and say, "Look, I'm not going to be your friend. I'm not going to coach you to the next level. We're going to win trophies." I think that's what makes players want to stick stick around, and I'm excited for it. I'm sold. But which tr trophy can they win? I mean, the Premier League. There's, I mean, the FA not Cup. Not going to win the Premier the League. The FA Cup's the only realistic yeah. one. I mean, the Premier League's miles away. Um, but the it's Champions better. League. If you're lucky, like last season, but the FA Cup has to be the one. But so, it's for Tottenham. That's I, I don't. I'm not <laughs> looking down on Tottenham, but winning a cup is decent. But, but this, this is what I mean, and yeah. this is what the players want. The players want to hang around, and what it also means is that other players can be brought in. And I think Mourinho is the one who can stamp his authority and point to a previous track record that the players are going to respect him, rather than someone coming in, as I mentioned before, and saying, you know, this is a learning curve for me too. It's mm. not going to happen, and yeah. and it. it It sounds insulting to Spurs, but you are right. Someone said, oh, but look what he did at Man United. He finished second with a terrible squad and won three trophies in two years. I mean, bloody hell, I'll take that at Spurs like every two years. I know that's crap like by United standards, but by Spurs standards, you open the Community Shield and the League Cup. Thank you very much. That'll be a great next two years. A couple of really incredible stories that came out after Pochettino was mm. gone, you know, that he'd lost the dressing room. The players didn't want to mm. run anymore and all that sort of thing. Did you hear the Delhi Ali brother story? That was, no. my, that was my favourite. No. He basically took Deli Ali into the office and said, are you Deli Ali or are you Deli Ali's brother? And he's like, well, I'm Deli Ali. And he's like, well, play like Deli Ali. That's good. If Mourinho does it, it's, it's brilliant. Yeah. I could see, I would feel like 20 feet tall if he yeah. did that to me. That's it. So I, I, I uh, my opinion on this, mm. and uh, I say Mourinho is not a winner. He won a lot of things, but yeah. I think he lost this aura of being a winner. But I think what he has at every club is that he, he can form a group. Mm. But this, this group is a group of stress. And I think 
uh, sell, uh, uh, taking him in as a coach is uh, all in from the club. So they know in the next two years we want to go big. And afterwards, there's the potential that everything explodes. Yeah. Uh, but this is what we're aiming for. We want to have a minimum one or two. Maybe mm. we're playing for the title. Maybe again we go to the Champions League final. Maybe this is it. But they are they taking into regard that afterwards all players are gone. The club is on uh, in tears and everything. And this is this is the statement from the club. Yeah. And if if every one is agreed with that and everyone in the team says okay two years I give everything for Mourinho because if you if you hear quotes from former players of him they all say in the dressing room you want to die for him everything said it Slatan said it Eto said everyone said he can set you in flames uh, but after a time he turns into an asshole and so if the club like Tottenham who always seems to be For me, like it's it's a club that's not in the top five, mm. not in the it's always a like club that sometimes rises and sometimes not from a German perspective. This is a statement for them to say we now go all in. Well, you don't give a fuck what happened in two years. Right. It's a bit like when Joker walks away from the hospital and just presses the button <laughs> and it's just a whole yeah. <laughs> just to go. But, but, but this is the thing. Analogy. We've done like the whole bring it up to the winners thing. Yeah. Jose Mourinho could just push us over the line for two years. Yeah, that's, a, that's fine. Yeah. And it'll be the crowning glory on this squad's achievement that's been together for yeah, five yeah. years. Yeah. And that's fine. I mean, the group is perfect for Mourinho. I would say. Yeah. It's, you have star players. You have like Son, who is like, he will run, he will run his life for the rest mm. of the next mm. two years. That doesn't give a fuck about his health or whatever. So mm. he has a great group of people who who just work for Mourinho yeah. and the big stars who lead who lead a group. So they were in the Champions League final. I mean, what else can you achieve there? Yeah. If, if you win that, I don't know. But um, it's, yeah. it's a big statement, I would say. Are you as positive about this as the rest of us? I mean, I'm Mourinho's biggest fan, so I'm, I'm all My in. opinion is completely opposite of that. So oh. I'm kind of afraid to say it right no, now. No, 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 go. You're, <laughs> in a, okay. you're in a safe place. You're well, because place. Pochettino left because he lost the dressing room, right? So everybody reached their best and they've been playing their best for the last four or five years so they're exhausted so they need someone to you know mess around with the players not so much with the tactics or anything and in my opinion is that Mourinho is the worst people manager in football in the last 10 years because yes Latin wants to kill for him but other people wants to kill him yeah. like his way of getting the dressing room is pointing out scapegoats and getting one or two key players and saying you're bullshit and putting them to play with the under 23 or stepping them off, out of the of the squad and then other people well maybe they feel motivated by something that they say but they might as well just turn against him and that's what happened in United like he couldn't even people wouldn't it was clear in United that people were losing the matches so that he could walk away and uh, that happened also in Real Madrid like everybody hates him Sergio Homo said that if he goes back to Madrid he's going to be the first person to step out of the club and he's a legend already in Madrid so if what Pochettino what, what Tottenham needs is you know people manager couldn't have done a worse choice mm. okay <laughs> I did not expect that. Okay, I yeah. thought we were all pro Mourinho here. Well, I mean, I, I uh, agree that he's a shit boss. If he would be my boss, I would resign at the day. So. See, I'd rather work for him than Guardiola. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Guardiola gives you the feeling that you are great every no. day, while he's Mourinho too, says you are a dickhead. You can no, learn more from me. No, he's too, he's too intense. I mean, like he's yeah, looking into he's my soul you. all the he's time. Touching. He's touching. He's yeah. touching me. Mourinho, Mourinho don't touch. Mourinho you. is Mourinho is like chopping down tactic boards at halftime, and I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. I, I think I Mourinho that. has people to chop down tactic boards. He don't do it on his own. <laughs> I there was a story of him doing a flying kick at a tactics oh, board really? during Inter, which I always find mm. is a very it's a safe red image. card now in the Champions League, as we learned this week. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Uh, have you noticed then? There's been a couple of games. Yeah. Have you noticed any changes between the Pochettino era and the Mourinho era? 
Uh, Tactics wise or player wise? It's difficult to say because when a new manager comes in, I think most people up their game anyway because you want to get off on the right foot with a new manager, regardless. But yeah, I think, as you say, the more background he brings in with all that he's done and won and everything, I think it's easier to buy into. If you know what Mourinho is about and you know that you're not going to change too much tactically because you're mid-season, right? he's not going to bring in vast tactics. He said that, you know, change anything. He's not going to bring in new players who's not in the transfer window. So it's it's more of like their attitude on the pitch. And yeah, I think I've seen a big improvement. And I, when you say he's a bad manager, yeah, he can people manage it. He can annoy people. But I'd prefer that and then find out the ones who are just wimps and you want to go and cry in the corner. <laughs> Good. Send them to the under-23s. Tell them they're crap. Like, I only want, like, the mentally tough winners who can deal with that Mourinho crap. Mm. That's the people I want in my team. I don't want the people who are going to get upset and, like, Luke Shaw and run to the press and he called me fat and... What is this? A playground? Mm. Like, you know what I mean? You want That's people... Out. And, like, Deli Ali's been <clears throat> terrible and Mourinho can fire him up. If he fires Deli Ali up, brilliant, because he's brilliant when he is. We had lovely assist the other day. Yeah, exactly. I'm, mm. you know, sick of players being too sort of... Especially at Spurs. Seems to be a sort of... To know, not wow. so ambitious mentality. Like uh, a spa mentality they have. Yeah. And now, Everything's lovely and fine, and as yeah. long as you tried your best and you participated, yes. you get a second runners-up medal. I don't want that. <laughs> I like Nobody the, wants that. I'm the spa mentality. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you talk about the attitude and mentality mm. and that sort of thing. Two down after 20 minutes, they did yeah. not come back to win. I couldn't have seen that happen a couple of weeks ago. Not at all. And the, the biggest thing was the substitution for Eric Dyer. Oh, yeah. Talk about that. So 27 minutes in, he realises that Mourinho probably realises he messed up. It's the wrong tactic to play or it's not working tactically. So get him off, get someone on. Regrettably, it was Ericsson, but he actually had a decent game. Get someone on who's going to change the match. And it worked. And it wasn't... That's a very good Mourinho thing that he does, like changes it. He's not afraid to. But I'm not so sure I can angle that completely against Pochettino because there's loads of managers who wouldn't change anything. Yeah. It's an odd sort of unwritten rule that making changes before half time that aren't injuries mm-hmm. is like a bit... Drastic. That's the end of Dyer's career, I would say. Well, he famously yeah. did it at Chelsea quite so a bit yeah. in his early days. At no, Chelsea. but but yeah. I think, that, and this is where it comes down to management again. And he, he apologised to Dyer, and I think if you're going to take anyone off, it's going to be someone like Eric Dyer because he's incredibly. Well, I mean, maybe it's disposed, but he's in, like mentally, he's a really, really good player. And he's incredibly sort of selfless and he's not an ego player at all. So if anyone's going to understand the decision to change it tactically, yes. And if Dyer pipes up and says, you shouldn't take me off, he say we were 2 down when you were on and we were 1-4-2 when you came off. So shut up. Like, you know what I mean? There's, there's no arguing against the result. <laughs> I didn't realise we were getting militant, Matt. But it's true. If he, yeah. if he takes him off. But it was brilliant. It was a great decision. Uh, the opposite is Lucien Favre. I think we talk about him later. He, wait, yeah. he didn't... He benched Jadon Sancho before the game. He see it's not working. They were 2-0 down and then he, he didn't have the power to bring him in after 30 minutes to change the game. He brought him in after halftime when the game was already lost. So I mm. think it's it's a difference in mm. how you manage things. I, I agree with that. Mm. Uh, Spurs best player on the night. I want to nominate the ball boy. Yeah. Oh, he threw it back. Yeah, it was very clever. Wasn't that great? Yeah, yeah. it was good. And Mourinho, like, high-fived him afterwards as well. There was a Donald Trump moment with uh, Mourinho in the press conference afterwards where he said, like, I was a great ball boy. Like, like, you remember? (laughs) Oh, no, really? That's a good ball boy. He had conviction. I was a great ball boy when I was 12 to 16. (laughs) I was an incredible ball boy. It remembers me, like, um, Trump talking about this dog. I'm a great dog or whatever he is. There was this, like, there was someone doing something great, but Mourinho turned it into, I'm also great in this. 
don't don't forget that I'm great. That Amazon documentary is going to be straight yeah, fire. Yeah. It's going to be brilliant. Wow, I cannot wait for that. Uh, lots of other Champions League games this week. Joanna, you watched uh, Real Madrid throw yeah. away a two goal lead. Yeah. What was there? What happened there? Well, I, I was, was watching, I was busy getting my hair cut. I missed this one. I was watching the game and I was saying, oh, you already "Oh my!" Had your hair cut? I didn't see that. No, <laughs> oh, yeah. I was watching the game and thinking, Real Madrid's playing so well. I haven't seen them play that well since, I don't know, two seasons ago. They own the match. Oh, my God, this is going to be a massacre. And then in two minutes, everything turned around. Is everything gone? Yeah, no, I mean, they were they were very well. They were playing really well. And you could see that it was the Real Madrid that we expect, like Tony Cross getting 100% percent, uh pass accuracy and things like that and Benzema on fire but and I think they kind of like slowed down a little bit mm. and the first goal was completely disattention and like a uh, defense mistake and you know anyone can can get a goal like that but then I think um, Paris Saint-Germain said well you know uh, we still have a chance here and Real Madrid didn't wake up after the goal so it was two goals in like two or three minutes and it was it But it was nice to see Real Madrid back for a while. Eden Hazard looked good. I think he's out. For, they said that he's out for 10 days only. No, but for when he played, he looked. Yes, when he, when yes. He, played, he, looked he was good. very yeah, well. Not, not just generally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, no, he, he played very well. He started the 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 play of the, I think, the first goal where he would just cross the ball, dribbling mm. players from one uh, side to the other. But it was uh, really nice. But he's out for 10 days and, you know, he was... When you think like he's getting on and then he might even miss, I don't think it's 10 days because it looked a bit worse than it actually seems. Mm -hmm. So maybe he's out for a little longer and uh, then he's going to get his way like two or three matches again to start playing well. So With the Classico in mind is what you're thinking. With the Classico in mind also. It's also crazy that they say he's out for 10 days. Why don't they say two weeks to win time? I mean, now everybody's starting after nine days. Is he back tomorrow? Mm -hmm. No, it's 10 days and he left as if his career was over. Yeah. The look on his face. So I don't he know. Yeah, he did look very disappointed. Yeah. I did notice that. Unluckily, we missed the best narrative of the evening when Gareth Bale Uh, hammered a free kick oh. in the 90 whatever minute against yeah. the post yeah. I mean Gareth Bale they're whistling at him they hate him and I remember did you I would see have him? loved to see it if he scores that one did you and see then he would go swing in front of the did you uh, see him with the flag yes yeah. it's amazing brilliant I love it yeah, yeah but we missed that Sorry, we, we did miss that Thibaut Courtois that was interesting that's such an odd thing that happened there I don't really can you even explain it what with the What the, the decision The VAR. Oh, VAR. that was so weird. Yeah. I don't know. That was like, then afterwards, there was another VAR decision in another match that it's so weird. Like, why do they keep the play going and then stop it after there is something big? Like, you keep the plane going and then, you know, the ball's out and then you check it if there was a foul like 10 minutes ago. That's okay. But there's a goal, there's a penalty, there's a red card and then, oh, wait, let me check out the play that happened like mm -hmm. five minutes ago in the other side of the pitch. It's supposed to make you mad and it happened right in front of the, the, the referee. So he, if he didn't whistle then, he's going to whistle like afterwards when the penalty's on, when the player has been sent off. I'm completely against this kind of VAR. I mean, I like, I, I know that people are still getting used to it and referees especially getting used to VAR, like finding out where to use it and where not. But to me, you shouldn't stop something after 
I'm going to say 10 minutes, but after like the balls on the other side of the pitch, there's something else going on and then think, oh yeah, maybe that's the thing that happened over there. <laughs> no, that's just, it's that a recipe for going wrong. There are two points in it. The first thing is they shouldn't test it live on a Champions League evening or even on a match day. They should have rules and or test it in amateur games or whatever. You can't say they are just finding out how VRR works. Uh, this is horrible. I mean, mm. this is uh, this shows that there was no proper planning in there. And I also read a piece from a referee in Germany who said like every referee is uh, having a different style of doing it. So the referee mm. on the pitch is like lets the game go. The referee is on the VAR just stops every five seconds because it's his style of, of, of whistling a game. And if the VAR is bigger than the referee on the coach the, uh, on the pitch, there is so much confusion between both. So there need to be like an agreement what the VAR does. But it seems like this ref VAR does this, the other one does this, and then there's a referee who's listening to it or not. It's completely confusing. So right now, if you are a coach and you prepare your team, you have to prepare your team for like who's the referee and who is the VAR <laughs> mm. because it's important for how the game goes. And, and you never know which one is more important. Yeah, is it the know. referee or is it the VAR dude? I yeah. still don't know. Who yeah, I don't the final say? Well, yeah. the rule says that the referee consults the VAR And it's not like the VAR guy says, oh, you know, go back to there because we don't want to check it out. Like, they only check it out if the yeah. referee says, can you please check this play? I don't, I'm not sure. So I hold think. on. But so I don't think it happens in practice, yeah, but that's the FIFA recommendation. So what should, so what happened the other night then was uh, Courtois got sent off and it was a penalty to PSG. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, but what happened then was the ref got in touch with VAR and then... V it was probably VAR saying to him, like, you know, there was something that happened like a few meters back that you, maybe you should check it out. And uh -huh. then it was like a regular foul, nothing big of a deal, but it was a foul that the match went on and then there was the penalty. So if that foul had been yeah. whistled, then there would be no penalty, no red card, and that that's where they went but, to. The, when the, did football become so complicated? The problem is that it's a video assistant referee. It's another assistant, yeah. but then the referee feels such pressure that I didn't see it, it but was five right people with a million cameras did see it. I'm going to look like an idiot if I don't take their advice. There's that's that pressure the to it too. That's, that's it's, important. It's, it's the pressure yeah. when technically, like, like Joanna said, the referee is in control. Yeah. The referee can be advised to look at the cameras. Yeah. But then if six cameras are saying one thing and you can't quite remember what happened or you didn't see it, you're going to give in to the pressure and that's the problem. But we're complaining about VAR in European matches and we've been talking about VAR like almost all podcasts that we've done so far. No, I But you guys don't know what's like in South America and Brazil. It's like every single play there's a VAR. And every single play? Every single play, every single foul, every single goal, possible penalty, offside. I'm being I'm exaggerating just a little bit but it's almost that and he always goes to the TV he always runs to the side of the pitch to check it out so it's like three, four minutes every time they stop it's not like something happened and then he's in doubt and he says well maybe I should check it out something happened he checks it out Even though it, it, it's clear it's a penalty or it's clear it's an offside. Yeah. And it's the match stops every five minutes mm. for him to go to the side of the pitch to watch it on the TV. Come on. There will be Remind me to never watch Brazilian football. Yeah. There will be a day when referees wear virtual reality Googles or Googles Goggles. to like, check it directly yeah, on there yeah. so they can avoid like this running thing. That's the most That's embarrassing thing, I would say. Yeah. Like, they, they use it on... They run it. It looks ridiculous when you see a referee. You don't see them running, but they are running alone 
alone to this TV, you see how, what kind of sportsmen they are. So they, <laughs> it's like they are sportsmen, fine, but it's, it's really awkward. Then they sit there and they watch in this TV thing. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. I think they sooner or later they will wear this crazy glasses and check it directly and yeah. look like Robocop. Okay. RoboRef. That RoboRef. That's enough VAR. Let's, okay. That's enough we don't talk about that. Inter? Okay. Yeah, no, no. We're going to talk about Inter. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was going to say there wasn't anything too crazy from Wednesday night but you and Joanna both wanted to talk about Inter yeah the, because it was another VAR thing that was unique oh no you didn't warn me about that yeah it's, it, but it's a quick one so okay, in, uh, Inter scored the 2-0 two, two uh, <coughs> everything was fine Lukaku was celebrating and then suddenly why Why ever uh, the referee whistled and he gave a penalty for, for Prague on the other side of the pitch mm. so it was not 2-0 for Inter 15 seconds later it was 1-1 because there was a foul 20, 30 seconds before Lukaku scored. It was not even was not even It was foul. the same thing. It yeah. was a play that happened on the other side of the pitch before the play that originated the the, the goal started. Okay. So you you let the people run from one side of the pitch to the other, score a goal, get a red card, get a penalty, whatever, and then it's like, oh no, but you know that in the other side? That was a foul. Yeah, it's like, it's like me on Twitter when I get a like for a tweet. It's like, yes! And then suddenly the like gets back and you don't have a like. It's, no! That's, that's the same feeling. I know how it feels. Uh, anything else interesting from the game? Did they wear their nice jersey? They did, didn't they? Yes, no, they did. The black one. Oh, they wore the black one. Not yeah. The, oh. Not the one we yeah. like. But, but the black one is really cool also. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anything else from Wednesday night? You watched Liverpool-Napoli. I did watch Liverpool-Napoli. Um, the injury to Fabinho might be the... Yeah. It would be a massive point. I think Liverpool have got 12 games in 36 days which is phenomenal considering that Klopp's one of the most consistent um, has the most consistent starting 11 so it'll be interesting for Liverpool because one one injury like that may not be too bad you know how Salah's ankle going to hold up you know one or two go missing when you've got the game sick and fast it'll be really interesting mm. yeah. well, I'm pretty happy for being my not play the yeah, World, Champ- yeah, World Club Championship so it's yeah. okay pointless yeah. trophy yeah uh, Joanna yes last weekend Yes. Was it the greatest weekend of your life? Best weekend ever. We'll never have those 23 hours again. To all the people who don't work with us, uh, Joanna has been bragging a lot. I'm actually going to give her time to even brag a little bit more. Tell the people. Have you ever seen this happen in European football? A team won win the two most important trophies of the season in 23 hours. Well, no, because the timing is done better. Yeah. <laughs> 23 hours? 23 hours. I didn't so realize they were that the close. The Champions League yeah. and the Premier League of South America in Brazil. That sounds like a scheduling issue rather than yeah. going for glory. They, but players yeah. were drunk Kudos. celebrating, parading throughout the streets with the, in Rio back from uh, Peru when they won the the. the Brazilian league. Oh, they didn't play 23 hours later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they had played before because the match was at the same day as the the final. So they had put the match before and they played and they won because Palmeiras lost the match. So they couldn't be... 12 points or four games to go. Exactly. Yeah, I saw, yeah. Uh, So great success, but terrible game. Oh, terrible game. Yeah. Well, I think they were very, very nervous because it's a final. It's football. Everything can happen, right? So that's what we saw, for example, in the Champions League. Like Liverpool, Tottenham playing the best football ever. (laughs) Most boring match ever. That was a terrible final, yeah. Yeah. So it was uh, the minute River scored, I thought, okay, so this is River play. This is Argentinian football. They're going to be holding the ball and throwing themselves on the floor for the next 80 minutes. And that's exactly what happened. Brazilians never do that. Yeah. (laughs) 
I was going to say that's an like extortionate claim. Uh, name any Brazilian who throws himself yeah. on the floor when yeah. it's getting can't, tight. None of them come to mind. No. Yeah. All good sportsmen. It's always interesting to hear what the, the stereotypes are from rivals. You know? We learn from them. <laughs> we learn from them. <laughs> okay, so that's what happened. You know, we didn't do that in that particular match. We were trying to play football. But, you know, uh, Flamengo was not playing very well. And uh, River Plate, I think, in the first half scored 30, uh, did 30 fouls already in the first half. 30, so, 3-0. 30 fouls in the first wow. half. That's how much don't. they don't let the ball run. Mm. And then in the second half, 15 minutes in the game, he made a change and he put Diego and the, the match was completely changed. And Is it Diego? Who Diego, uh, yeah, Wolfsburg oh, legend, Werder oh, Bremen legend. He's still playing. Yeah, Rafinha, Diego. They're wow. all there. All the legends. All exactly. the legends are in Brazil. Exactly. Bundesliga legends. Great. I love them. There's a second best. See, team you should change Fogo. teams in no, Brazil. No, no. no, no. <laughs> Botafogo for life. Yeah, then. And then the match changed, and then Flamengo started, you know, attacking and realizing that that was the Libertadores final, something they hadn't played in 38 years. And up until then, my favorite final of all times was Camp Nou 99. And mm. that was our version of Camp Nou 99. So it was completely well, unbelievable. That was, that was the analogy I used to describe it to my wife, was the Camp Nou 99. Yeah, mm. it was. Because I was still celebrating tie-in and figuring out if there was being extra time or if we go straight to penalties because South American football, anything can happen. Mm -hmm. And you never Probably know the regulations. The for extra time, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you never know the regulations. Uh, there was one Libertadores that I think it was extra times in every single match, except for the final. It went straight to penalties, so you never know. <laughs> so I was checking out, and then it was like, oh my God, it's another goal, come on. <laughs> so that we won the title in three, um, three minutes, and what? then 23 hours later, enough for the title. Congratulations. Thank you two very much. Two points on that. Uh, can I say two points on that? Yes, go on. First thing is... Right after the 2-1, a Brazilian player rolled on the floor, gaining a red card for a River Plate player. That was the 92nd minute. He was minute. kicked by the River yeah, Plate player. he was kicked player. because he was lying on the floor, like dying in front of 90,000 people. Second, I like yeah. to turn the lights on. I'm not a River Plate fan. Maybe I'm more than a Boca fan, but you have to turn the lights on the losers because my club, Schalke 04, once lost the championship in the last two minutes uh, of a game. And it's horrible for their fans. I mean, they won a lot in the last years, of course, but... Uh, uh, also like Bayern 99 uh, they are the best that's the best stories to follow these stories and not Flamengo celebrating getting drunk and getting another title boring you have to follow <laughs> the River Plate story right now what's happening there and uh, I think it's the way better story Schalke is really in your DNA yeah <laughs> was that that free kick from Bayern Munich that yes. was inside the Patrick box Patrick Anderson yes 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 and Oliver Kahn like oh, oh god it's mad, it's mad. So we lost the, the, I the prefer pick. the story of Flamengo beating lots of records one after the other so. yes. the the yeah. uh, the, the picture of Oliver Kahn after that Camp Nou final mm -hmm. is one of my favorite photos of yeah. all time. Two I, years I, later, he fucked this, uh, the, the the World Cup, the side flag. After this, they won the championship against Schalke, like oh. in the last minute. He went to the side flag and shagged it. And shagged it, <laughs> like rubbing it like an ape. Like. <laughs> How would you oh describe it? <laughs> You look at me, you know what this yeah, podcast I know. took a I'm turn. Just, I'm trying to... Yeah, this is it. To <laughs> those of you listening, he's actually making the moves yeah, yeah. here. Yeah, which is why, my, on YouTube which is why I'm making that horrible face. Why? <laughs> because he's an animal. Because why not? Didn't he do like a front flip when they went ahead in the 99 final? No, no, that was um, Schmeichel. And that was Schmeichel, yeah, wasn't yeah, it? Schmeichel, yeah. I mean, I could see Khan doing that as well. Uh, why was a trophy brought onto the pitch by stormtroopers? Mm, that's interesting. <laughs> 
Oh, because Libertadores was paid for marketing promotion of promoting the new um, Star Wars movie. Yeah. So it really needs yeah. a promotion. Nobody's ever heard of Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So Libertadores it means like the the people that freed America from the conquerors, and now we just welcome them back to take over the galaxy. That's okay. It's also stormtroopers are like anti-freedom. Because they work for the dark side. Yeah, work for the dark side. Yeah, exactly. Surely it, should have been like, Lu- it should have been Luke and Leia bringing it on or something like that. Or Yoda. Or Yoda, yeah. I, I have so many Star Wars. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I have no idea. Okay, let's change topics yeah. here. <laughs> You've never seen Star Wars? No, I haven't. It it's like Toy Story, but in space, more or less. Toy Story. Toy Story in space. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> You've never seen any? I saw half of one and I was like, this is so boring. And just... <laughs> Wow. Do you know who Darth Vader is? Yeah, least? like okay. I know, you know Darth Vader. You know who Darth Vader is. <laughs> it's just, yeah, right. I don't know where to go after this. Podcast <laughs> did take a turn from shagging corner flags and not seeing Star Wars. Uh, the bad news for Flamengo is you're going to lose your coach. Well, we don't know that yet, but there's going to be rumors till ne- the end of ne- till the beginning of next season because yeah, he pretty much changed the team and he's making a big difference in Brazilian football. I've, to- I've talked about this before with regular things in general football, but for us, it's, training. Yeah, <laughs> for us, it's just <laughs> news, you know, um, analyzing the adversary, things like that. So uh, he revolutionized Brazilian and South American football. So now everybody wants him, including Everton. Uh, but you are, in return, you're going to get Neymar, who was, of course, best oh, friends with Gabigol. please Gabi don't. Keep him there. <laughs> well, the rumor is he's going back and PSG are going to play some of his wages. How true is this on a scale of one to Darth Vader? I would say... I would say it's one, but the guy that said it is a really uh, renowned journalist in Brazil, so he might have some grounds for saying that, but I think it's on the dream at, like... I just can't see Neymar going back to Brazil at this yeah, stage of his career. Santos player, isn't he? He's one. Isn't he a Santos player? Or no, he's is a he? Santos player. Yeah, he's a Santos player, but, you know, every, like he celebrated the title. He also said it would be a dream to play in Flamengo and things like that. So I have loads of dreams. But I think that if he, he really doesn't do perform well in Paris Saint-Germain until the end of the season, which for him is just getting started, but if he stays like that and if the crowd still hates him, he's he probably going to have to move on. But Everton, Everton will take him. And this move to a Brazilian football, back to Brazilian football is something that everybody did recently, like Alexandre Pato and Adriano and some guys. It was good for their career. It was good for their career. They they go to Brazilian football. They're the kings there because, you know, the level is so much lower. And then they go back to Europe (laughs) with a higher self-esteem, I think, or confidence. So this might be something that he's considering, but I would still consider it very much in the dream area. Remember when Alexandre Pato was going to be the greatest player ever? All the Brazilians were being yeah. Hasn't scored a goal in like... Forever. I think six months or something. The duck, of course. Pato means duck in Brazilian. Really? Yeah. Brazilian Portuguese, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's that. the city he came from. Did you know uh, Neymar and... Uh, Gabigol is Neymar's, Neymar's sister's boyfriend? Mm-hmm. Did you know that? Yeah, I always thought Neymar is his sister's boyfriend. Ben. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he said. <laughs> Me too. Is, is that actually true? Gabigol is his sister's boyfriend? Yeah. yeah. Yes, it is. Oh. On, on, on and off. On and off. Explains the head. On and off, of course. Like okay. Gabigol's career, goal skills. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And now that he's playing well, I think the relationship is going well that's as better. well. So. Yeah. Mm. And he, the relationship with Neymar is also going well because 
for a time they didn't speak, so now they, I think they made up. That's good to see. It just warms yeah. my heart. Yes. Uh, meanwhile, in Germany, Benny, mm-hmm. Bayern Munich are still without a permanent manager. Mm-hmm. Maybe Str- they are a fifth one. Well, does that maybe they have? stay with Hansi. Well, because uh, four wins from four, sixteen goals scored, none conceded. Mm-hmm. Maybe Hansi's onto something, or is it just a bit of luck? <laughs> no, it's not luck. But they played Dortmund in this, and the rest was just rubbish teams uh, from Bayer's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, well, look then that he just got a good run of games. It's also important to note, though. Currently, he's the he has the best start ever in four games of a Bayern manager in Bayern's history. But the last one we had this was Carlo Ancelotti, who was a superhero after four games. And after a year, they said he's a fat smoker who is super lazy and destroys the whole team. So I don't expect Hansi Flick to start smoking, but wait till they they lost their first game and then the whole start starts again. They won't win all the games right now, I'm pretty okay. sure. So if they got kicked out in the quarterfinals against Real Madrid... They Hansi Flick is not the number one person anymore. So Hansi is going to be there till the end of the season or just till Christmas? Or what do you think is going to happen? They first stay till Christmas, but I think if he like starts playing like that, the team loves him, the players love him. There's no reason to bring in a new coach. And I think for Bayern, it makes no sense to bring someone in a winter because the team is set. They will win the German Championship anyway. They won't win the Champions League. So maybe they re-restart the whole project next season. Um, but uh, I don't know. Like Pochettino is named because he's fired at Tottenham. I don't think he's a fit. I'm pretty sure that Germany, that Bayern searches a German-speaking uh, coach. Oh, that's interesting. Um, because they they had the best experience with that. And you with don't think coaches. you can learn German in six months like Guardiola did? Yeah, like, yeah, like German. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was okay. Um, mm. Yeah, but I think I think they stay with Flick if if they don't lose like five, fifteen games mm. in a row. Um, they win the championship. They will probably win the Pokal. They they get kicked out in the Champions League. So this is what everyone expects. But I think it's the best way for Bayern. And then, as I said, hire Jurgen Klopp in the summer. It is interesting that Pochettino, because it, it seems it, it, from certain reports that he's such a shoe in, but I'm not sure he's the perfect fit for no. Bayern either. No, he's, feel, he's much, if I hear you saying he's mm. too nice uh, to people, Bayern needs a real leader as on a coach position because it's also a lot, big media position you have as a Bayern coach. It's not only like the team or whatever. You do a lot of media work. You do the, every quote is super important for you. And so this is why, mm. uh, why the German language is so important for Bayern Munich. It's intense. Yes. It's intense. He, he's not ruthless enough to be Bayern manager. Yeah. He, like, the underdog title suits Prochettino mm. not being the favourite and like the ruthlessness to win every game you have to at Bayern. Uh, I, yeah, think I, I also don't think it's a, team, I mean. yeah, yeah. his style too. That's not. A, it's not. I don't see that as a Bayern style. No, I just. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't think it's a, a great fit, especially being a non, non-native speaker. There you go, Bayern. I, I think they wait listening. for Tuchel and they're aiming for Klopp. This is the two options they have right now. And um, it's worth to wait for both, I would say, and keep Hansi Flick since then. If Klopp won the league with Liverpool. He, is, he goes to Bayern, believe me. This year, next year, he, in the next five years, he will be a Bayern coach. And he can he can live like Zidane did, you know, like you win the Champions League three times in a row. Or Always in leave like Zidane did. And then? And never, never go back. back. And never go back, exactly. (laughs) That's exactly how it should be. Speaking of managers, uh, Lucien Favre. Mm. He has tough weeks right now. He's having a tough time. That Paderborn, that didn't look good. No, Paderborn didn't look good. The Inter game didn't look good, but they managed to come back. The Barcelona game, okay, it's Barcelona. But for Dortmund, it's since weeks that the team is under overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly underperforming. 
Oh God. Can no, that was good. That? No, you yeah, mastered it. Yeah, you got there. Yeah. Overwhelmingly underperforming. Um, given that before the before the season, we discussed that they have the best squad in the whole Bundesliga. The 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 every every position was doubled. Uh, a lot of national team players. They brought in cheap cheap like 20 million players mm. who are national players like Julian Brandt, Torgan Hazard, but they don't perform. So everybody is saying like Lucien Favre is the is is the mistake there. Maybe he is. He has a different style of coaching and maybe players are not capable to do it. Also, Jaden Sancho is a big topic right now because Huge. like he, I think he over like overestimates his own value a bit. I mean, he's a good player, but I don't know. He's 17. How old is he? 19, 20? 19. So I think, yeah. yeah, if he's aiming for a Manchester United move, I think his career is over, I would say, or like it stops for the next three years. And like, there's a lot of stuff happening in the, in the, in the dressing room. And Lucien Favre is not the media manager. So he, he hates interviews. He's sarcastic. He is like very calm on the sideline. He's very calm on the in interviews and whatever. This given gives give this does not give the best picture of him for the outside. Mm -hmm. um, but also the players, they all say it's not his fault. It's our fault. We don't bring it on the pitch. He 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 gives us the best advices. He gives us the best tactics, but we are not performing. So it's it's this discussion of is he reaching the team. Is the team listening to them? So whatever. And I hate this discussion because if you are in a football team and you hate the coach, yeah, of course, but you are no, you go on the pitch to win. And if you don't want to win, you are wrong in football and change the club or whatever you want. But it, I hate it when this comes up that the, a coach doesn't reach the team or whatever it mm. is. The team is still a team. They are, they are beside the coach anyway. The coach gives the framework, but the team has to perform. If they don't do what, what coach, coach should do it. If you don't want to win, join Schalke. That would be the advice that you would go for. Oh, but the Sancho thing is interesting. There was talks of him feeling humiliated yes. and, and all of this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. There is a little sense that he's sort of getting too big for his boots he sees himself bigger than he is I would say I mean he's, he's very young if you get all the offers mm -hmm. and all the clubs are knocking at your door I can understand that you say okay I'm better than Dortmund is maybe mm -hmm. he is but uh, it's also his behavior right now so he comes late to training he shows up late to tactics talks uh, he was benched two times now from from Favre not because of how he plays just mm -hmm. because how, how he behaves ah. he's uh, doing at Dembélé Yeah, it's it's quite comparable to Dembélé. So um, I don't know. I mean, clubs take every player because that's why clubs sign Neymar or players like this. But if clubs start looking at behavior of people, and they should, because they spend a lot of money for like players like this, and they can't behave when they are eight, 19 years and just follow the the guidelines and the rules of your team or your club, why would you sign them even beside their their sportive quality? Mm. So mm. I think Jaden Sancho. I don't know if he's a troublemaker. I think he's just a bit lost in all this. Maybe as bad manager or whatever. I think, I think he's there's too much going on with him. Everybody's hyping him since one and a half years. Too much. He needs to be saved. Yeah, I, I mean, man, you know, there's so much talk of him going to Man United yeah. all the time. It might be hard not to have your head turned a little bit. Yeah, but like, even as grand, because a lot of people who talk about him and who've met him say he's very grounded, very cool dude, uh, and he's obviously got the talent and the skills. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe it is just bad management. On, yeah, on why should stuff. you aim for Manchester United if you are as good <laughs> as he a good is, club. and if you are a talent and if you are a hundred million uh, euro player? Why Manchester United? It's the biggest club in England. I got that, but there are way more clubs where you can develop yourself, where they are way more exciting, way more fans. I don't know. Mm. Or we can grow as a player or as a brand whatever but not Manchester United I mean Schalke. Manchester United is just for big money 
biggest possible yeah. money, right? Yeah, there's a lot of money there. Yeah. So, yeah. okay, yeah. Uh, we also want to mention Union, our hometown team. Yes. Who, if I am not mistaken, you reckon are the best team in the Bundesliga right yeah, now? Yeah, the last five match days, if you just count them, they are number one in the Bundesliga, which is quite impressive, seeing that Bayern won three uh, of mm. them. Uh, but they are very good right now. They win all their home games. Um, if you ever go to uh, Berlin um, as a tourist, don't go to Alte Försterei. We want to go there. <laughs> yeah, to stop taking our tickets. <laughs> tickets are unachievable, but uh, it's a it's great experience. It's impossible to go there. Um, they play... Proper football. They were pretty shit last season in the second league. They were only defending and uh, looking for one goal. But now they just like, they say, "Hey, we everybody expects us to lose. Let's try to win." And it's quite impressive. They won against Dortmund. They won against Gladbach. Uh, so they play against Schalke this weekend. This will be embarrassment for them. But um, <laughs> then afterwards, I think they have like 17 points more than expected right now. So it's very good. It's very good. Are you were you hanging with one of their players recently? Mm, we did a German podcast. With two of the players yeah they're very chilled okay yeah, they're very chilled you know Matt is best friends with Kepa <laughs> yeah I saw every that. time we'll I come on that. the podcast yeah. high-fiving <laughs> them inviting each other and Bachwai who saved a penalty actually for Chelsea Kepa yeah that's true did you give him advice where to jump no I definitely did not give him goalkeeping advice the friendship is not that deep <laughs> yeah no I that's a loss and Nico is of course best friends with Serge, Serge Nabry Serge Nabry yeah they know each other from childhood yeah it's amazing isn't yeah. it I don't know anybody that famous a friend, no. a friend won Miss World. That's that's all. I oh got. wow, really? Yeah, that's Just all I got. Friend. Miss World in Ireland or no, Miss World? No, no, no. The actual, the actual, the actual. <laughs> that's Miss an American school. thing to do. American pageant. We call Miss World at my school. <laughs> no, no, the actual. The oh, whole, really? The whole thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, her dad's quite famous. Donald Trump? No, not that. <laughs> but famous. I don't know anyone famous. Me? You know Matt. Oh, yeah, Matt's really Who famous. Knows oh, Kepa? Who knows Kepa? So you're okay. a couple of degrees of shining yeah. in your light. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's all from us today. My thanks to Joanna, Matt, and Betty. We will be back next week. Uh, in the meantime, you can listen to the back catalog on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast hit. And if you want to get in touch, the address to do so is podcast.onefootball.com. Yeah.